Every Tuesday, we are joined right here on the Daily Ticket by our fantasy insider, the great Tony Jigsaw Cotillo. He's under Dr. Glatt. Regret your hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt is Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Check him out online, drglatt.com. Jigsaw. How you doing, my friend? Uh, great. Gorgeous day. How you doing, sir? Good, man. Hey, I see you're, uh, you're, you're on a show tonight. What's the plug the show? Where are you at tonight? Uh, a couple things. So I do uh, I do a show every Tuesday night for uh, 1700 to Champ, which is out in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Nice. Uh, Des Moines, so, hello. Yeah, I love it, man. got to bring the Philly to Des Moines, you know what I mean? Uh, so uh, we do a little sports talk there, and then we got a – and then the normal heat ratio live show tonight at 8 o'clock. So that goes about 8 to 9.15. So uh, we'll have all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. Oh, I thought you were on some table talk show. My bad. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. So that was, <laughs> yes, I was on that last night. Oh. That was late for that. No, I'm all over. So bad job by I me. Can't, I can't remember. But uh, Philadelphia Sports Talk, uh, the, the uh, podcast, Table Talk. So nice. uh, Jeff Warren does a really good job with that. So. Uh, we did that last night, and that got uh, released today. All right. Well, I just wanted to give a little plug for my boy right here, working hard, as you hear, Jigsaw Cotillo, T. Cotillo 23. It's where you can find him on socials. Tony, a lot to discuss with you. First of all, love to start with the Major League, with baseball, MLB. I don't know why I said the MLB. I'm saying it a lot these days. But MLB, <laughs> let's start there. First of all, let's bring it to the Phillies side of things. Um, they battled back. A great game on Sunday night. That was a great win by them. Still way too early to get too crazy as far as the season is concerned. What have you seen that you like from the Phillies? What have you seen so far that you dislike from the Phillies? Uh, you know, I think well, I, I wouldn't say that I dislike. I'm just a little surprised that their offense has been pretty much stagnant. I thought they would have a lot more uh, a lot more lumber from game to game. But you know what? I, I figure if they're able to go six and three right now, I know right now I think they're losing to nothing. Uh, you know, Chase Anderson can't rely on him, but. You know, as long as their bats come around, I'm going to be fine. But I think that's the only thing that I've seen. I do like, again, we talked on this show about two months ago. We talked about two guys, Alex Bohm, uh, Zach Efron. Uh, Zach Efron did great. Uh, he had a really good start, looked really good. Alex Bohm has been fantastic but with his glove. Uh, a little inconsistent to play, but he'll get there. But I think overall, I still think, Sean, when this, this team is healthy and clicking, this is the best lineup in the National League. One through seven. It really is. Interesting. All right. Well, I there's a lot that I like so far. I, I'm obviously loving the top of the rotation. Um, as you pointed out with Bohm, I'm, I've, I like what I'm seeing so far for him. I like Segura. There's a lot that I do like from the Phils. Um, I'm just a little worried, and I don't know where this falls in, but I think this division is going to be exactly what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year, a damn good division. And uh, I just think they're going to beat each other up, and it's going to be the best of the best that rises to the top. And I don't know. I just look at that Braves lineup, and they're just so stacked. And and they have that superstar stud and Acuna. Uh, there's a lot to like with Atlanta. And as I said, the Mets are pretty good. The 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 Washington Nationals are okay right now, but they have a pretty good pitching staff. So I don't know where that falls in as far as dislike is concerned. I just think it's going to be tough for them to get this division. That's all. No, nah, no. Nah, listen, I, it, it falls on the same lines that you know we talked about. Yeah, I I said I think you agreed or or you laughed at me one of the two when I said this was the best division in baseball and you were like no way and I, I and I said listen it's strong man when you look at it it is very very strong take the Marlins out of the equation um, but it's very very strong just basically because of pitching 
right? Washington's getting older, which we already had talked about, but they do have a young stud, Juan Soto. Uh, you know, their Strasburgs pitch really well. Uh, so they still have a solid rotation. And the Mets, you're seeing it. I think the Mets have pieces. They're just – they're not aligned properly right now. So, uh, I, you know, I still think there's going to be the Mets and the Phillies battle until the end. I don't think Atlanta at all, man. I'm, wow. I'm on Atlanta, I'm telling you. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. You? I just, I don't think. <laughs> I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, you know, though, if I'm right, I'm going to hit you You're darn right. right. I know you're going to do that. Exactly. And that's why we love you. <laughs> T. Catillo, 23 on socials, mandatory follow. Um, as far as MLB is concerned, one team that has impressed you the most out of any of them, what's the one team right now, the story of baseball when it comes to the team? I think it's the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, who who would have thought right now that they would have a .23 differential? They'll be 7-3 and three and maybe hitting the lumber like crazy. I mean, with Suarez, the Castellanos. I mean, Joey Votto hasn't even really played well yet. Uh, you know, Tyler Barnhart, their catcher, who's just come out of nowhere. They... They have pieces everywhere on that team, and I did not expect their bats. They're leading the league in home runs mm. as a team. I mean, who would have thought, you know, Trevor Bauer's gone. Who would have thought that the Cincinnati Reds would be 7-3 right now? Now, obviously, it's early. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but I just think I've been very impressed with their lineup from top to bottom. A lot of guys that you say, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Yep. No, you're right about that. And Castillo's in the mound this evening. It looks like the Reds, uh, they're taking on the San Francisco Giants, and you can get the Reds at 9.45 p.m. at minus 112 on DK Sportsbook. We're talking to Tony Jigsaw-Cotillo, as we do every single Tuesday. I want to stay in the world of baseball. Who's the number? Give me the top three guys as far as hitting is concerned, as far as daily fantasy. For for offense? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I tell you, let me tell you, Carlos Correa has been exceptional for Houston right now. I don't know if there's anybody hotter just from a, you know, not from a power standpoint, from an all-around multifunctional standpoint. Mm-hmm. He's been a guy that, that should be locked in every single lineup, every single night. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., you already talked about it. The guy's averaging 14 to 16 points per game, all, you know, on DraftKings. It, it, it's an absolute guy you pay up for. He's $6,100 a night. A lot of people are you know, skirmish after 5000 but here's a guy who's going to give you that value uh, every single night, no matter what. He, he's going to give it to you every single night. And then there's some wild cards. I, I, you know, listen, Mike Trout, obviously, he, he's in that top five. Corey Seager, obviously, in that top five. Um, there's so many bats that are doing well right now. But I will tell you some sleeper guys that you can get. Please. Like Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria already has three home runs for the San Francisco uh, uh, Giants, and he's always underpriced at about 4000 to 4200 at a third-base position. That after Manny Machado and those big dogs out there, you want a guy that can fill in. So he's a guy when you pay up for a guy like Trevor Bauer tonight or, or, or Shane Bieber tonight or, you know, Giolato tonight. If, if you're going to pay off for those guys, that you need a guy like Evan Longoria. So, uh, yeah, Sean, there's so many. Right now, we could go on for an hour. As far as way too early to predict this, give me the one MVP. Who's the who's the guy that's going to win the MVP award right now, uh, National League? Oh man, <laughs> way way too early. I like it. I'm listen. I know we started off. He just hit his first home run, but I'm still going to go Bryce Harper. I, you know, he's a streaky hitter. He's a streaky hitter. I'm going to keep it right there. I'm still going to go with Bryce. He was my preseason prediction. 
and I'm going to continue with him because I think he's just getting ready to turn the corner. He gets hot in May every single year, and I, I think this is his year, and it's the Phillies' year, too. All right. I like it. Jake Sacatillo joining us, as he always does, every single Tuesday. From MLB, let's keep him moving. And, uh, well, you know what? One more on the MLB, as far as the Phillies are concerned, tonight with Nola and Stroman going out. You got an opinion there? Ooh, that's going to be a tight matchup. I, I like that. But, and I, listen, obviously, Nola over Stroman. I think, again, it's all going to depend on how the first game plays out. I know um, Romuto is not playing in the first game. I know they're going uh, heavy left-handed bats, so they gave Nat the start. So I, I think that obviously is going to be the better game of the 740 game. So I, I think depending on what happens with the bullpen, because uh, I don't think Noel is going to go eight. So I think Noel goes about six. I think Stroman goes neck-to-neck neck with them, but I think the Phillies to pull it out towards the end. I'll, I'll take them by one. Maybe like a 5-4 game for Phillies. All right. So we'll keep our eyes on that one. Of course, they're in action right now, trailing the Mets. But uh, let's switch gears and get on over to the NBA. Of course, 76ers with a big-time win last night over the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, Joel Embiid with that MVP type of performance again, 35, 36 points I think he finished with. Ben Simmons, though, uh, not so much what he did on the court. I mean, look, a win is a win. That's all I care about. Uh, but after the game, he had a little bit to say about the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to play it. Uh, a little bit later, I played it earlier, but um, he essentially took two shots at the Brooklyn Nets, and he said uh, uh, they don't. They're, number one, it's probably going to be hard for them to keep the team together, which I don't feel is too much, too big of a shot. I think he's truthful on that one. But the second one was you got to play defense, and uh, it's interesting uh, that there's only one ball to go around for the Brooklyn Nets on offense. You have to play defense as well. Um, you okay with that? They're waking up the sleeping dragon. We know the Brooklyn Nets are damn good. We got a matchup coming up on Wednesday. Uh, just uh, Ben Simmons voicing a little bit of uh, putting that bravado out there. You okay with that? No. What, what, what for? Uh, ben scored eight points last night. <laughs> like uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, again, like if you're going to talk a good game, I mean, you, you got to give me a little more in the box score than twelve and eight points. So, I mean, I want to hear that from Joel Embiid, who I can consistently hear. 20 to 30 from him. But Ben Ben needs to start talking about himself. Ben needs to worry about his game and not start talking about another game. Why would you want to wake up the Giants of Brooklyn? You know, the one thing that we all said that they maybe could be their deficiency is on the defensive side of the ball. And now you're going to challenge them? You're going to go challenge them with that? Why? We've already known that we, we are a notch below them, in my opinion, on paper. I think a lot of people as well. So I, I, I don't really know why he felt a knee. Maybe it's the chip on his shoulder because he keeps hearing all the chirping about Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Well, yeah. maybe he needs to play now like he did before the All-Star game, and then he can start talking about Brooklyn because I don't think he has any like to say at all right now. Interesting. I do agree with you. I'm, I came up, and um, I, I think maybe you're right where it's like, hey, everybody continues to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, hell, I gave them a title last week. So, uh, you know, and then they yep. lost to then, then they lost to the Lakers over the weekend, and Andre Drummond was beasting them down low. So I'm like, okay, let's see what we got. I don't know. Look, I, I'm not going to get too carried away with this matchup tomorrow. I don't expect many players to be suiting up. I assume we'll we'll you know we'll see a, a, a Brooklyn Net player like Kevin Durant sit out tomorrow night's game. Um, I haven't really paid attention to starting lineup as far as who's playing today. Right now, they're playing in Minnesota at four o'clock, so that's going to play into who's going to just suit up for tomorrow night and the Brooklyn Nets. But every matchup so far, we've had players sit out and miss the game. So I'm not going to build yep. up this matchup anything than what it is. It's a regular season game in April. 
April. But I am really looking forward to seeing, hopefully, these two teams uh, go at it in a seven-game series. I think that would be a tremendous series, and uh, hopefully the Sixers come out on top on that. But staying with the NBA, Jigsaw, as we inch closer towards the playoffs, out of the West, I want to go there with you because last night uh, Jamal Murray suffered a tough, tough injury, torn ACL. He's done for the season. Um, I I spoke about this last week with the Denver Nuggets. I said this was the team that I thought could get to the West or represent the West in the NBA Finals, could beat the Lakers in a seven-game series, even with uh, healthy AD and LeBron. Um, Now Jamal Murray being hurt, that's just a huge, huge blow. What's the one team in the West that you're looking at right now to represent in the NBA Finals? In the finals, I, I think everything. Uh, first of all, yeah, you're, you're right. A huge blow to Denver, uh, and but again, that's opened up some some backdoor teams at seven and eight. Uh, you know, I'm looking at a team like maybe Golden State making a run, maybe getting their young guys, and you know, fall on the back of Steph and, and, and Draymond. That that could happen. But this is it's all about the Lakers, man. It's all about the health. You know, what what happens to AD? What happens to LeBron? Do they come back? I mean, listen, there are two guys. You know, we talk in Philadelphia about can we just hit the switch when it's go time? And I, I consistently say no. And the reason why is because we have zero experience in order to hit the switch. These are two bona fide superstars, one of them with multiple rings and championships, who can hit the switch any day of the week. So if those guys are back and healthy, it's still the Lakers to win the West. But I'll tell you what, you know, we talked about this, Sean. I know you remember this, but in the beginning – but Phoenix is a sneaky, sneaky team in the West. And they have, they're 9 and 1 in their last 10. They won the last two and are 17 and 7 on the road. I mean, 5 and 3 in the division, which isn't great, but CP3 is a floor general. Devin Booker, they learned how to play together. And, and they're establishing uh, talent with DeAndre Ayton. They have Mikel Bridges, who should be here right now, but isn't, right? But so they have a lot of good pieces on that team. And I think they're going to be a problem when it comes playoff time. All right. Yeah, I think the Phoenix Suns will be a problem as well. Uh, I feel like I've taken every team in the West but the Lakers, so that probably tells you what's going to happen there. It's going to be the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Death taxes, LeBron James, you know how it works. Um, but, always, yeah, always. Yeah, what can you do, though? I wanted to see the Denver Nuggets. That's just a tough, tough loss. Man. Yeah, tough it loss. is, man. It, it, bad injury, tough loss, and yeah, it's hard to come back from that. And everybody's like, oh, they stopped joking. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, that was their facilitator out there. He's what, you know, Jamal Murray is the, the, the bubble superstar of last year, and he was he was already doing very well over the last probably month of the season. So uh, that's their floor general. And they lose them, it's really hard to come back from that. All right, Jake, so I'll get you out of here on this one. Two quick ones as far as the NFL is concerned. First of all, who are the Eagles taking at 12? They're not going to pick at 12. Oh, they're going to trade I'm, back? I'm, 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 I'm going to continue to say this. I've been saying it for a month. So all the people that start coming out of the woodwork now on Twitter say, oh, they're going to trade back. Well, listen to Jigsaw two months ago because that's what I'm saying. It. So they're going to trade back, in my opinion. Why? 17 or 18 because they're going to drop the, they're going to draft the offensive line. <laughs> and, and, and the way this draft is, is shaping now, you can see those quarterbacks going. Everybody's making plays to move up. They think they're going to be able to get a corner or a uh, you know or a wide receiver maybe in the back end of the first round, early second, and they're going to draft the one or second best offensive lineman in the draft with that pick. Jeez. And they're going to pick up another one in the process. Somebody told me that. So I know that's not going to make everybody no. excited. No. 
Somebody was like, wait, do you not? They were like, they were adamant about it. They're like, do you not see why they traded up? They don't want to pay that they want. They brought it up essentially saying pay was the main reason why they traded out at six. It could be. It, it, it could be two things. It could be pay, and it could be, again, that the way that they are, you know, they are rating their talent to be different than what we are because in their mind, they drafted receivers in the past two to three years that are fine. Yeah. Right? So they're saying, wait a minute, am I going to draft another first-round wide receiver? They're not going to draft Kyle Pitts. We already know that. They have a ton of money put, uh, you know, tied up in, in Slay, in Darius Slay. They're going to put Avante Max, another guy that put a lot of stock in as you drafted, back to corner. So in my mind, you know, what do you do? You build through the trenches. So I think this has offensive line written all over it. They can move back four or five spots, pick another pickup in a process. That's what I feel that they're going to do. All right, two quick ones, rapid fire. Let's go NFL draft. Who's the number one overall pick? Ah, Not in the well, NFL draft, excuse me. Trying. No, fantasy. I meant fantasy. I, I know Trevor Lawrence. Going oh, oh, and fantasy for next year. Fantasy for next year. Who's the number one overall pick? Jigsaw. Jigsaw's number one overall pick is wide receiver Devontae Adams. Wow. Rolling it, bro. Rolling it again. Rolling them Always. dice. <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> well, you know, that was my next. Well, I already did the math, man. 25.8 points per game last year for a fantasy contest. The highest ever since Randy Moss's special season in New England. Wow. Just just tell me, just throwing that out there. So I will I'll bank on that every day of the week. Three points higher than any running back that played last year Get for a full Out of here. Wow. Damn. So I'm all in. All right. So you're going back to the Devontae Adams train. I like that. Um yeah. since you answered that question as far as the wide receiver is concerned, we'll we'll end on this one. Julian Edelman, Hall of Famer? Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. I no, I, I, I don't, and I don't see why. So why is everybody so upset about that? It's weird. <laughs> like, like Twitter's blowing up about Julian Edelman. I, I, I don't know why. He's a great guy. I mean, he's a, he gave us some really good play. But Julian Edelman, like, everybody's upset because people are saying he's not a Hall of Famer. I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's very weird. It's very weird. But that's social media. He's a good, he's a good player. He, he has rings, right? He, he, you know, he was a, uh, I think he was a Super Bowl MVP, right? Am I, not I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he's a Super Bowl MVP. He had, he had a really good career. But, I mean, come on, man. Look, how about we talk about guys like Torrey Holt? Uh, you know what I mean? Like not, not, Julian Edelman? Eh, sorry. I like him at all. Good player. But, nah, I, I don't see any problem with him not being in all of it. Well said. As always, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo. He's our fantasy insider. He does it all, though. Be sure to follow him at Cotillo 23 Heat Ratio Sports. He goes live every single day. He's got a great crew doing a bunch of videos, doing a lot of content. So be sure to check that out once again, Cotillo 23 Tony, always a pleasure. I look forward to tomorrow's vignette. Great job as usual, man. Sounds good, Sean. Have a great night, man. There Thank you. There he is, Jigsaw.